Well, good morning to you hockey fans. Well, it's day five of the Olympics and it really feels like things are getting underway because four o'clock this morning, Team Canada men's hockey faced off against the host Italy team. And well, to be sure, well, a couple things. One, it was an early morning for us, eh? Geez, the alarm went off at 10 to four and I about had a heart attack. And, uh, but the, I got the fire going and I got the, got the game tuned in, watched a little bit of the, uh, the, uh, the downhill portion of the combined and that was rather exciting. Uh, although they seem to be having some problems with snowfall there in Italy, while the course looks great, it's primarily man-made snow, which uh, just isn't the same for skiing on it. It's a little bit more granular and icy, as they say. But, you know, I'm not a skier, and they look like they're flying balls out on that course. It's just unbelievable to see the, the, uh, the strength and stamina of some of these women that were skiing. But uh, that being said, the main event started at 4 o'clock, and a couple things. One, it's so great to see the Olympic hockey coverage on TV um, with the fast uh, face-offs, with the no-touch icing, and with the no commercial breaks. The periods just fly by. You're on your edge of your seat the whole time because there's not all these long, slow it down, yap with the coach on the bench, uh, putts around kind of stuff. And it was it's a lot better in the NHL than it was a few years ago when it just seemed like every time the whistle would blow, it'd be three minutes before they dropped the putt. But the periods just fly by. And uh, the stadium, it's interesting. I was trying to figure out, are those clear seats or gray seats? Or at first it just looked like it was just poured concrete benches. Uh, anyone who's there at the stadium, uh, holler me with an email and tell me, uh, or send some pictures and, and let me know what this really looks like inside of there, because it's hard to tell. They weren't really giving us the great shots, but it looks like a, the Italian fans, after uh, all the pre-Olympic press again about how the Italians weren't showing up, there's no excitement. The Italians are there at every event with flags waving. Again, at the, the downhill, there's the Austrian Umpa band in the audience, and it's kind of Olympic spirit. It's just incredible to see. I remember at the giant slalom a few years back, I was, I was wondering with all the security and all the metal detectors, what's the what's the requirements for getting a, a baritone horn uh, through security through the metal detector? That's going to be quite a wanding down. Well, I'm on the C bus anyway, heading downtown. So I better get on it and tell you about what's going on with that hockey game. Uh, first period, Canada looked totally out of sorts. They were, I think, feeling a little jelly-legged, like I was jelly-brained this morning because they just went through a massive time uh, time shift. And remember that a lot of them had a hard time getting over there, especially true with the U.S. players who were based on the, the northeast seaboard who were all making individual flights to Italy. Where Canada rendezvoused in Ontario somewhere, then took a charter, the whole plane went on over. And, uh, and offloaded. But uh, I think it took them a period to kind of get their uh, legs under them and also to kind of have an idea of who's who and what's what. There's a lot of passes that were too many passes, but also that would have been great passes if the player was a left-handed stick or a right-handed stick, whichever one they weren't, right? A lot of passes to the backhand, just a little bit ahead, a little bit behind. And that's just guys getting used to playing with one another. There's uh, a lot of uh, different co line combinations going on as well. And it's, it's pretty interesting to see because all of a sudden you got to see what how these guys can check their ego at the door. When you got Aginla, Bertuzzi, and Sackick all playing together, that's three guys who have played, together, played against each other a lot, so they must know each other's game very well, watched a lot of film on each other. But it's pretty interesting to see where uh, how that takes over um, once you put the maple leaf on, on the front of your sweater. So uh, Canada got things underway with a quick power play goal, great uh, pass by Bertuzzi to get the thing going, and uh, and then Italy scored, and I was like, oh my goodness, Canada's not looking good. 
you know, it's one one to one, and uh, and then second period starts, and the boys come out, and they're looking a little bit uh, better, right, and uh, getting skating. But uh, Joe Parco, who's a grew up in Canada, is you know, but his he they had to get a little spot on him on the CBC, where his parents had come from Italy to Canada to find work, and he just did the opposite thing, where he uh, plays uh, pro hockey for Milan, I think, in Italy, and. Uh, he just had. He must have been having the time of his life. And the Italians, right off the bat, they were hitting and they were skating hard. They had some good team speed and some good team tenacity for sure. They're not. They didn't have the size to be boxing out these big players. You know, Ginler or Rick Nash was bearing down. They just don't have physical presence to bear those guys away. But they're making up for it by with a lot of hustle and a lot of heart. And it was cool to see that they were keeping it, uh, you know, within reason uh, while putting their whole guts into it, but still having a good time and smiling on the bench. Anyway, Joe Parco came down the left wing and ripped a shot past Marty Broder, which for the rest of his life will probably be the finest moment. I know that would be right up there if I happened to be playing for Italy um, in one of the four it Italian Olympic hockey teams ever put together because they don't, they're not a strong hockey country. And uh, blasted a shot by Broder, but then uh, Canada woke up and turned the uh, turned the mojo on, and started pouring them in. The score ended up, uh, what was it? Uh, well, you know, I'm, I, I think Parko's goal now. I think about it was maybe in the third or something. But you know, I gotta say, I'm really tired. It's a little after ten now, and I'm a little fogged. But here's some of the things I remember. Bertuzzi went to the front of the net and made a perfect textbook screen on Aginla's uh, goal. Bertuzzi. That's all you need you to do, man. Just do that. Play like you played in this game, because Bertuzzi was a total horse out there, making sweet passes, heads up skating, no bonehead slugging around or dumping the puck away. Really nice play from Bertuzzi. Great plays by him. Brad Richards, man, the guy's a beauty. Would be great in a Canuck sweater. The guy's smart. You can see him heads up out there and looking around and trying to make that extra play, but this is a, a smart team in general. Joe Thornton, great passing out there, and then also looked around and then just realized one was a time to shoot it and just cranked a nice shot through. Uh, Marty St. Louis goal, the guy's got as good a hands as anyone in the league and close I think. When I saw him at the Team Canada orientation camp this last summer, he would take a pile of pucks and just put them right around the crease and just wham, 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 roof him with a quick flick of the wrist. He came in the left side and him being a left-handed shot, he was like almost behind the goal line but still managed to get this uh, puck in roofage and uh, just a just a sweet play so it's gonna be interesting to see how the the lines develop I think the final score was seven to two or something like that uh, third period both teams sort of tailed off and the play got a little bit more mellow Italy had a hard time staying out of the penalty box Canada got a few penalties but it was more like soft calls to sort of even up from uh, and keep the game real I think as a Swedish referee and he did a half, a half decent job but uh, Italy way to go guys um, Canada, next up, uh, well, you know, Italy's still got to play Czech, um, Finland, Germany, Switzerland, and who knows, they might be able to pull one out, because they weren't slouches out there, right? Although there was definitely a lot of adrenaline uh, going on their part. Marty Broder, well, you know, all the guys, I'm not worried about any of it. Um, remember in Nagano, we started out through the round robin, went really strong. This is something Dan Funboy pointed out to me when I was so bummed last year after that first loss to Sweden. He said, I'd rather start off slow and peak at the right time than peak early like uh, Team Canada did in Nagano where they sailed through the round robin and then got stymied in that first uh, that elimination game in the quarterfinals, which is really the critical part of this tournament that Canada's looking towards. Sounds like Luongo will get the start tomorrow against Germany. Germany are a big physical team that are going to hit, hit, hit. They play a 4-1 kind of setup where there's four men back. 
very limited four check-ins. For them, four check-ins going up to the uh, other blue line, you know. And uh, so it's going to be a wall of bodies. And so uh, Italy, way to go for putting in a decent game today to keep the uh, get the Canadian boys woken up because they're going to need it for Germany tomorrow. Remember, this is a team that we only beat three to two in Provo in a fairly lackluster affair last time around. They have Ole Kolzig in goal, which they didn't last time, but they are missing Marco Sturm and Jochen Heck. So definitely, you know, on paper, the talent is much better. Speaking of talent, you know, Bob Cole and Harry Neal, at the end of the first period, Harry's all like, well, great, Italy's keeping it close so they can still make that big, uh, you know, uh, comeback, that, you know, uh, what do you call it, uh, upset. And then Bob Cole, by the second period, is like, well, just as most people probably expected, Canada is pulling ahead. And, and it's like, their masters are overstating the obvious. And it's like, listen to some old 1940s, baseball announcers talking about going up to the corner to have a pop and oh look at this good head the scrub head a little uh, fella coming up there gonna try and make a goal for his team make all the fellas back home proud and it's just oh, man could you break down some of the technical aspects of the game could you bring a little bit of insight that uh, uh, don't get me started I suppose I already ran it on this yesterday so anyway uh, Canada goes against Germany a bunch of other games today and I'm uh, I'm all confused about what they all are but it's going to be a, a, a crazy week of hockey, folks. So hang on. And, well, we're pulling into the uh, waterfront station in downtown Vancouver. By the way, it's an absolutely splendidly beautiful day here in uh, Vancouver. So I'm going to sign off for this being Episode 2 of the Olympics Outsider. I'm Dave Thorvald, and thanks for chugling on.